Yeah, we're rolling. Hey, hey, let's get on a roll with the Media Boat Podcast. Hello, all. Welcome to the Media Boat Podcast. If you do not know who we are, we are a podcast that presents you news and thoughts about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order, but we do cover all of those things. Uh, today is October the 30th. It's Halloween Eve, or Hallow's Eve. Or all Hallow's Eve. All of them. It's and all of the Hallow's Eve. It is Eve's. a very spooky episode for us tonight. Oh yeah, no. I mean, not that we're doing a theme here. It's actually not very themed, but it's spooky just by the fact that it is the day before Halloween. No, no, so. it's not that it's spooky. It's that this is our 199th episode. Oh, that is also true. 199, which means that next week... We will hit the 200 episode milestone. Uh, assuming we make it to next week. Which must be some sort of record for a podcast that has like three known listeners. So that's pretty good. That has 200 episodes? Yeah, not that Well, not okay. These are officially numbered episodes. We've had right. over 200 episodes oh, yeah. for a while now. This is true. But this is the fourth, well, fourth, the 200th weekly episode. You could say the, the second yeah. 100th episode we've had. Sure, yes. Our second chance at syndication. Maybe <laughs> finally it'll click this time. We'll see that 200 mark. Maybe, yeah. Anyway. Yes. 200, not season two, episode zero. No. But no. We're still in... This is not season one, episode 99. This is episode 199. Right, this is still, what, we're in season four, I think? Uh, three, three four. Four? Yeah, season four. Season five will begin in January. I believe so. 2020. But we'll get there when we get there. For now, it's it still four. October. It might be season three. I think this is season four, right? Or oh, maybe no. it's season three. Uh, we started in 16. We did all of 16, all, all of 17, 17, all of 18. 18. So this is season, season four. four. Yeah, that's what we Yeah, well, okay. Anyway. I, I have to say all of, because technically our first <laughs> yeah. episode was... January something. Well, no, no, it was December 30th, right. 2015, where yeah, we recapped 2015 all the non-episodes we did for that. Yeah. Just to see if we could, like, talk for two hours or whatever. Insane! Insane! We did, we're here now. Although we could have just done the math. Four times 52. Anyway! <laughs> four times 52? That's four years. Yeah. 200-something that checks out. <laughs> All right. We're but dumb. Are, are we math? Are we math? Are we going to... We're not math. Go home? Yeah. Are we going to score tonight? Uh, sorry. Uh, we are watching. Are we going to... Whip around? Game 7 of the World Series, in case why we're making baseball jokes at you. But yes, let's yes, get the show on a roll. Before we talk about baseball, we got to talk about movies. Uh, before we talk about movies, we got to tell you who we are. Oh yeah, sorry. I'm Matt. He's Mike. Yes. Uh, I'm Mike. He's Matt. This is yeah. the Meatball Podcast. Jump to the gun there saying it is episode 199, but right. it is episode 199. We are very excited because it is also Hall Hollows Eve. We already talked about, we already said all of this. Let's move on. Oh. All right. I must be repeating myself. You are repeating yourself. This is deja vu, but... You know what else is? Uh, not Denzel Washington. No. Star in deja vu. However, what is deja vu is the <laughs> weekend box office numbers. Okay. Because we always start the uh, movies section of the show with the box office numbers. Well, guess what? If you liked last week, you're going to love this week because nothing has changed. Your number one movie is still Disney's Maleficent colon Mistress of Evil. Now, another $19.3 million, adding to a $66 million total. Now, this is officially the number one film. Don't be surprised. Uh, don't be confused by everyone on Twitter and everyone else saying that Joker was the number one film. Because 
We wait for the actual numbers to come in, not for the estimates. Faux reals numbers. But, as you might imagine from that statement, Joker is your number two movie by a narrow margin, uh, $19.2 million. Uh, that's sitting on a pile of 277 domestic monies. Yes, that's also sitting on a pile of over $800 million yeah. worldwide, which this past week officially passed Deadpool for the highest R rate, highest grossing R-rated film. So, yeah. Uh, everybody's going to, just as every studio wanted their Deadpool, uh, now every studio's going to want their Joker. Um, so get ready. Expect to see a huge shift in the DC landscape to make more films like The Joker. Oh, God, I'm not ready for that. No one is ever ready for Just it. Just give me Wonder Woman 1984. That's literally all I want. Uh, it will be coming in March. Yeah, I'm excited. Or the summer. I'm excited to see that. I think that's summer release. Okay. Well, we'll see that when it happens, but as for the rest of the top five, number three, The Addams Family with another $12 million. That's 73 million bucks. 73 million bucks, adding to its, well, that's its domestic total. That's all I got. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Number four, countdown. Five, four, <laughs> three, uh-huh. two, yeah. one. Okay. Zero. The movie countdown. Uh, your Negative one. Eight Negative two. Stop it. Negative critical error. Yeah, stop that. I errored. Uh, $8.8 million. I guess that was its first week. And number five, Zombie Land 2, double tap. Still struggling. $8.7 million adding to a $44 million. That is a struggle bus if I've ever seen one. Struggling. Oof. In case you're wondering about our other debuts last week. There were other debuts last week? And they were buried underneath the top five. Black and blue. (laughs) 8.3 8.3 million dollars at number six. Yes, that was the cop drama yep. starring uh, Naomi Harris, I yeah. think. And the current war director's that, cut. Yes, uh, came in with a measly 2.6 million dollars, but it will probably make more money down the line because I have heard uh, that that is an Oscar buzz favorite. It so, has a lot of Oscar actors yeah. in it. It is also a period piece. So, it is also something of historical importance. That checks all three uh, Oscar boxes right there. So don't be surprised if you hear literally nothing about this until Oscar nominations drop end of next month? Uh, yeah. I think in November? Sounds about right. I think so. Mid-November? Sometime in November yeah. you will get Oscar nominations. You'll probably hear more about the current war. But until now... Uh, go see whatever your independent theater is in your in your city because it's probably playing. Again. It'll definitely be playing. All right, let's move on out of um, the box office and into this week's new releases. What are you watching this weekend? Um, probably little kids getting high on candy. But also, but I mean, like, and it's well. Hmm. I was gonna say in a movie theater, but that literally happens. It literally in a movie. happens in a movie theater. So uh, uh, I'll okay. I don't know what I'll be watching yeah, this week. Go. But, but what 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 are the new releases? We have four new releases this week. Four? Wait. Well, that's right. Th- these aren't October releases. These are technically November, November releases, releases because we are a day away. Uh, just one more day of October before we move into the month of November. So, yeah. so we can. E- yeah. So even though you can, it's up there. So even <laughs> though these movies like. You can see these movies on Halloween at 9 p.m. 
technically they are a November 1st release. Mm-hmm. So, first up, Motherless Brooklyn. Da da da. Um, what is Motherless Brooklyn? Uh, this stars <laughs> Edward Norton um, in a New York period piece where he is a fixer for the mob, I want to say. I don't know. It's Edward Norton and New York. That's all I know about it. Also, there's like a, right. a ticking watch countdown. So Birdman 2. Got it. Sure. Anyway. No, it has nothing to do with theater. I literally think it has to do with the mob. Okay. Uh, also out this week, the one that will probably be your number one next week, Terminator colon Dark Fate. Oh, that's what you think. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. How many times have we been burned by, oh, this is as good as Terminator 2? That being said, this is the first time in a long time we've actually heard positive things about a Terminator movie. Yes, not since Terminator Genesis. I mean, (laughs) Terminator Salvation. I mean, Terminator 3. This time for reals, though. So, I don't know. seems like people who have seen it have liked it. So, so far, so good. We'll have to see how the box office fares, though. Uh, see whether people will want to see it or not. Arctic yeah. Dogs, also in theaters this week. Pass. Yeah, that looks real bad. I saw a trailer for this Pass. thing. Pass. And it's like one of those like garbage tier kids movies. It looks real You remember Normal the North? Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's like that. <laughs> anyway. And last but not least, I guess, I actually don't know what this is, Harriet? Oh, that's exactly what you think it is. It's a movie about somebody named Harriet? There's only like <laughs> a ha- literal handful of famous Harriets. Harriet Tubman. Yes. Ah, I nailed it first try. <laughs> what was your second guess? Harriet the Spy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a movie about Harriet Tubman. Yes, a movie okay, about okay. Harriet Tubman. A uh, historical doc based on true events. Yes, I would assume. <laughs> if it was based on fictional events, I would be very confused. For some people, it is fictional <laughs> events. Uh, yeah, it's another story. Yes. Those are your new releases this week. Did you see any movies this week that you would like to talk about now? Uh, ooh, between going and stuffing my face with mac and cheese mm. and... Stuffing my face with all I can eat meat. You did not have time. I did not have time. You also celebrated a birthday. I did. mention uh, that yeah, you are a year older. Oh, yes. I am a year older than I was last year. Yes, that's how that works. Or technically a couple days ago. So, happy Media Boat Podcast birthday. Yes. Uh, and as is tradition, which I guess is no longer tradition. <laughs> although you did give it to me, the, the song... Yeah. A week prior. That's why I didn't bother. I was like, ah, he got it last week. I don't need to play it again. Oh, no, don't worry. I played it for myself. (laughs) I'm sure you did. I played it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, So not Facebook anymore, right? Birthdays. That's what YouTube, or that's what Twitter's for. Yeah. It's a birthday. It's my birthday. No, that's a different song. No, that's a different song. They asked me what I do. All you want for your birthday is, etc. Yes. All right. Is Is this upcoming... News story. Well, yes, because... Literally on my birthday. (laughs) We have so much movie news for you. We actually have three stories here. Um, Which one do you want to cut? Oh, last one. Okay. Okay, so, uh, 
this first news story wasn't originally in it. Oh, because this was breaking. But then I literally broke while I was doing the news. I was like, okay, I have to include this now. And it is the big story of the week, so let's lead off with that. So, last week we talked about how Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker was now officially out in release. That you could yeah. buy tickets. You buy tickets. Well, there are other things, at least there were other things happening in the Star Wars cinema universe that had been announced. And been kicking around that... Uh, uh, well, uh, may or may not exist anymore. And one of them is the deal that Disney made with uh, 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 for a Star Wars trilogy written uh, by the team that brought you Game of Thrones, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Yeah! So, so they announced that last February before Game of Thrones Season 8 premiered. And people were all hyped about it. Like, oh my god. this This is like... Great. Like, this explains why they're ending the series so soon. <laughs> this explains, like, everything. They're clearly yeah. in this deal. They just want to get out of Game of Thrones so they could go work on Star Wars. Well, what if I told you that uh, Disney wasn't the only one throwing large piles of money at them, and another company apparently threw way larger piles of money at them. Which we also reported on. And they decided that they only had time for one of those companies. Well, this is what they say. Yeah. So, tell me what they say, and then I'll tell you what I think. Alright, here's the deal. So, Benioff and Weiss have walked away from their much-publicized deal with Disney's Lucasfilms film, to launch a feature film trilogy for Star Wars in 2022. The pair cited their historic deal for Netflix as the reason they had to drop the project. They said... Their enthusiasm for Star Wars remains boundless, but regrettably, their schedule is full up. Oh, tear. The rich kids can't make their rich movie. Oh, no. Uh, the, the, the Lucasfilm president, Kathleen Kennedy, has plenty of other Star Wars projects in the hopper. Don't worry. The Rise of Skywalker, of course, in December. Mm -hmm. The Mandalorian television series on Disney Plus in just 15 days from now. Yes, which also just got a season two. Uh, and the ramping up of the uh, Ewan McGregor um, um, uh, Obi-Wan series. Uh, yes, the untitled Ewan McGregor is working on something Star Wars related. And that's just three of more projects to come. That is just what has been confirmed by Kathleen Kennedy. So it's unclear how much of a setback the now nixed uh, Weiss and Benioff trilogy actually presents. There's no shortage of coming uh, upcoming collaborators lined up either, along with them, uh, among them Ryan Johnson and Kevin Feige, both planning on working on some sort of Star, Star Wars projects. Uh, it's worth pointing out that Disney has now replaced five directors on Disney on uh, Star Wars films. Gareth Edwards on Rogue One was the first one mm -hmm. to go. Lord Miller, of course, on Solo. Which they shouldn't have left, but... Yeah. 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 Josh Trank... On Boba Fett, which, which now it doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. And Colin Trevorrow on Episode Nine, who was the original director, who was canned in favor of bringing back J.J. Abrams. Right, who was canned after uh, Book of Henry came out. Yeah, and now and now yes, and now yeah. D.B. Weiss and Benioff. So, what's your take? Do you really think that they wanted to uh, just focus on their Netflix stuff, and that's why they bailed out, or do you think that they saw a sinking Star Wars ship? I think they were forced out. Eh, Star Wars pun. Yes, both Star Wars pun and actual real life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, well, do, do, do you think Disney, like, saw so, the Twitter discourse? Like, what are you saying? Like, this past weekend, negative... 
This past weekend, uh, both uh, Benioff and Weiss, D and D, as the internet calls them, gross. It is gross. <laughs> but then again, so are they. <laughs> uh, they recently did a panel for Game of Thrones. I don't uh-huh. think it was Paley Fest, but it might have been. Okay. Uh, so they did a panel for Game of Thrones uh, fans. Were Q and A, and as such with Q and A, they were asked some rather tough questions like. Yeah. Why did you do the things you did? <laughs> and most of the responses were, we didn't care about the lore. We wanted to expand the fan base. We wanted to get away from the fantasy elements. Uh-huh. We didn't know what we were doing. We forgot about that. So they were honest, in other words. They were honest. And <laughs> lit, uh, like, all, yeah. like, forms of flame. Like, we knew all along. But, yeah, because... Yeah, they did. I mean, the discourse about the last, like, what, four seasons of Game of Thrones was exactly that. Mm-hmm. Everybody was already saying new things. They were just basically repeating what everybody already knew. Yeah, but that's the thing was that before, prior to this, they hadn't said that. Right. This was just them confirming all theories that... How much of that was probably was, HBO being like, keep your mouth shut. Oh, all of it was yeah. HBO, keep your mouth shut. And because there's no mouths to shut because they're done. Well... Now there's no more mouths to open as there's done <laughs> at Star Wars. No more mouths. Yes. They need uh, mouths. But this also means that Netflix may or may not actually enjoy what they're going to get from uh, from them regarding yeah. two confirmed movies and one confirmed TV series. I mean, that is... That is yeah. confirmed to come out on Netflix, not it's done, it's in the can. That is written that... They have to do those three, and then whatever deal, whatever they make out of their production company, they get first look on as well. Yeah, that is interesting. That's an interesting take, because it does kind of make it look like Netflix, instead of being like the ones who outbid everybody, it makes them look like the ones that are the, like holding the bag. Oh, no, <laughs> it's like, oh, we ended up with these guys because nobody else wants them anymore. Well, that's why they quickly <laughs> signed their deal with yeah. Disney. But, or with Star Wars like, before let's the... Let's get this in while it's hot. Yeah. Let's get this in while we're riding was, high. I remember when this was announced, even. I remember people like saying, like, this seems like a stupid idea. Why would they hire these losers? Well, because <laughs> of the success of Game of Thrones. And yeah. that's what they were banking on. And they quickly saw that HBO, through HBO, that Game of Thrones name is kind of being muddled because of Season 8, that yeah. they've seen a drop in merchandising since... Uh, season 8 ended that you don't see people talking about it in the discourse you don't see people making like any future theories like even though they do like when they announced that they had like five different projects in the works which not in the news but they did dub one yeah Yeah. Uh, one of the prequels got canned but there weren't like a whole lot of talks of people wanting more Game of Thrones after this and so Disney as they make literally Two thirds of their money off of merchandise. <laughs> yeah, was like this is was, not as lucrative as it. Yeah, been. like they saw that and was like, well, if they did this to Game of Thrones, we don't want this to happen to Star Wars. We need that merchandising money to keep coming in. Not that you put Star Wars on anything and it won't sell because it will. Oh yeah, like you could put Star Wars on a freaking I don't know a roll of toilet paper and people would buy the Star Wars toilet paper. There is Star Wars logos on um, lunch bags. Yeah. No, 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 not like lunch bags, but like little like, baggies. Yeah, little baggies. Yeah. yeah, like sandwich bags, and Literally they everything. sell. Yeah. Literally everything. Yep. 
All right. Well, we didn't talk too much about this. But, uh, we'll see what happens um, ultimately with future Star Wars, but it won't involve these guys. So we'll just have to see what Netflix does with them. Uh, this could mean that Kathleen Kennedy it will be leaning more on Ryan Johnson now. Maybe. Following Maybe. Uh, the... Uh, Last Jedi that would be controversy. Good, in a way, oh no, it would definitely be good. I, I mean, also does. see that his latest movie, Knives Out, coming out right. this Thanksgiving, already has a ninety-nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Cool. All those critics love it. Yeah, so, I mean, Star Wars: uh, The Last Jedi had a really great score as well. Yeah. So maybe the fans aren't necessarily the good critics here. Maybe. Because, uh, like, as we've gotten further and further away, people have, like, gone on board, like, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought, literally thought it was upon more viewings. I enjoyed it. There are still some stuff. I'm not saying, like, it's perfect, but the initial reaction has definitely died down. Yeah. Like, the initial hatred from it. Well, we'll certainly see what happens. Also, she may also be baking on that uh, Kevin Feige yes. uh, stories, but seeing as he's. Really, just got that promotion yeah, with Marvel. Busy. That may take a while. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, let's move on. Our next story is in film. Uh, film news here is about uh, um, a a favorite um, among uh, media boat and media boat friends. and general internet and like people who love travel and food shows. Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, lost. Uh, we lost him a couple of years ago now. Uh, I think it was this year. Was that this year? No, last. Last year. Last, last year. year. That was last year. Uh, gone too soon. Uh, of course, was the host of several um, uh, reality kind of travelogue shows mm-hmm. on television. Uh, Parts Unknown was the big one. Yeah, and uh, the other one, the food, the food one. The food one. He did one about food, didn't he? I thought that was Parts Unknown. I thought that was the travel one. That, that is both yeah, the travel and the... No reservations. No reservations is the, is the one. food one. Yeah. Yes. Or maybe we're getting those mixed. Either way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, he did uh, show, shows on... Uh, it was beloved by many. Well, a feature documentary about the late television star and chef is now in the works. Uh, as... Focus features. As is expected, but... I thought we'd probably wait five, six years yeah. to see this. No, it takes some time, I'm sure. But also because they made a deal with HBO Max and CNN Films. So this will be coming to the uh, newly detailed uh, uh, streaming service uh, by Warner. Yes. Uh, it probably will also make its way to theaters. But uh, yeah. you can definitely see this on HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, it is to be directed by Oscar-winning filmmaker Morgan Neville. He is the director behind the Academy winner 20 Feet from Stardom. Which... And last year's doc, Won't You Be My Neighbor. So, uh, I think you mean... Last year's number winner. one yeah. film. That also, too. That didn't win to anything. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so, yeah, Neville said in a statement, he connected with people, uh, Bourdain, connected with people not in spite of his flaws, but because of them. To have the opportunity to tell his story is humbling. So, are we calling it uh, early? Uh, to early. The 2020... 2023 Oscar? <laughs> yeah, whatever this... 2022 Oscar winner? 2021. It's probably just a, less than a year out, I would imagine. Yeah. It's just because well, less than a year out. Yeah. Well, you got to figure you do all these interviews and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like archive footage. 2021. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that sounds good. That's got some talent behind it and is about a real compelling person. So uh, that sounds awesome to me. Okay. Yeah, no, this is definitely good news. I really like this. 
All right, that's it for movie news. And you have not seen any films. Uh, so. No, real quickly, though, uh, yes. our third story. Oh, you want to just real quickly? Just real briefly. Um, uh, box Office Mojo, the website where we and many others get their box office information from. Has changed. Um, yeah. So, they're technically owned. Well, not technically. They are yeah, owned, owned by IMDb. Right. Uh the, this past week was the first time in literally 12 years since they bought the company that they decided to make a change. And made the change in the most negative way possible by putting things behind a paywall. Not everything, though. Don't get too, like, weirded out by this. If you use the basic information, that will still be available to you. That's what we use. The new information requiring a subscription are breakdowns of box office performance by genre mm -hmm. and historical data for Hollywood studios. And it's not clear what else might be locked behind the paywall, but among the data removed entirely from the free site is the ability to search for an individual box office history by title and box office history adjusted for inflation. Yes, to have those you'll need IMDb Pro. The statement says, uh, from IMDb says that the redesign uh, was made in response to customer feedback and usage patterns which will include, uh, will continue to inform future feature launches. So, eh, not a huge deal, but, like, I guess it depends on how you used, if you were a person who used Box Office Mojo, and if you are a power user. Yes. Like, this will affect, like, the amount of data that you have access to. Right, but also, granted that IMDb Pro is only, like, what, 150 a year? Yeah. Yeah, and for that, you'd get IMDb... Everything. Plus... Yeah. Uh, plus uh, the box office mojo. So chances are, if you're in a position where, say, you're getting paid for this kind of data, uh, the company probably that you're working for probably has set up set you up with this anyways. Right. Will. Yes. So don't worry about it too much. Right. But for like all you casual users out there, yeah. you'll still get your weekend box office, your yearlies, your uh, domestic, your worldwide, yeah. and your upcoming releases. It's just a lot of the other nitty gritty details will be behind a paywall. Well, yeah. So, research. If you need to do excess research yeah. and you're not being already using it, it's just a side note. Yeah, side note. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Because uh, that's it for movies. We will now continue on to television. We always start television with sports. All right, sports is happening. Uh, in fact, it's happening right now because, as you are aware, I'm sure... The World Series continues and is in its seventh game, uh, seventh and final game, playing literally as we speak. Yes, uh, the Houston Astros are currently up 2-0 over the Washington Nationals. Fun note about this World Series series is yeah. that the home team has not won a game until maybe now. <laughs> So, yeah, for all we know, something could be happening because it froze on us twice tonight. So. Well, no, just because uh, the Houston Astros are currently up 2-0. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, that is happening right now. But elsewhere in baseball, some people got some awards. Yes, as we are at the end of the season, uh, yes. the MLB awards uh, do get announced at this time. Mike Trout and Christian Yelich won the Hank Aaron Batting Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Altuve and Howie Kendrick won the AL and NLCS, uh, respectively, MVP. And uh, Al Aroldis Chapman and Josh Hader won Relievers of the Year. Yep. Uh, finalists for all remaining awards will be announced on November 7th, with those winners uh, revealed on November 
11th. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for even more uh, baseball uh, winners. But yeah, so far, pretty good picks. Yeah, I mean, Mike Trout getting hey. that award. Yeah. Uh, proven that he is an MVP. The Trout Man. Among men. Yes, indeed. Yep. Uh, reason for getting all those uh, that big payday. He's in the World Series of our hearts. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, also, in other sports, Tuesday was the NFL trade deadline. Yes, uh, there were several speculation trades happening that never actually ended up happening. Uh, there was no big last-minute trade. I think the only big one was that Aqib Talib of the Los Angeles Rams went to. Miami Dolphins in exchange for a later pick, a down-the-line pick. Not this upcoming draft, but a future draft pick. Yeah. And then uh, the last uh, sport you have down here is something that we're actually uh, catching up with right now. Uh, The Major League Soccer Championship is set. Yes, MLS uh, Championship is upon us. Yes. And Toronto FC will be taking on uh, Seattle uh, Sounders. Right, yes. Uh, Seattle Sounders beat LAFC, unfortunately, yeah. the second-year sophomore yeah. team. Yeah. Got close, but ultimately no fell cigar. short. Uh, so, yeah. But yeah, that will take that game will take place Sunday, I believe. Okay. Wait. It says uh, on the 10th of November. So, next Sunday. Not, next not this, Sunday. not like this upcoming Sunday, but the following the fall. Sunday. So, yeah, uh, look forward to that. Any mm-hmm. other sports before we move on? No. Okay. I believe uh, that first, is... First everything. story, he does happen to be about sports, though. Oh, wait. NBA. Oh, yes, the NBA is currently happening. The uh, Golden State Warriors are currently winless. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Yes, the ties they have have changed since <laughs> literally everyone jumped their team and went everywhere else. And um, just an update in the World Series. It is a one-run yep. lead. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Washington. Yes. Catch it up. By the end of this podcast, we will have a World Series champion to crown. Looks like it. Uh, we'll get to that at the end uh, yes. in video games. Technically, <laughs> yes. this is a game. It is a game. It is a game. But we have other <laughs> TV to talk about. But uh, Yeah, our first story, in fact, is sports-related, as I mentioned. As we have an update in our uh, continuing story about the NCAA and the California rule change. So, two weeks ago, we talked about the California Assembly passing a law and then the governor signing into law that NCAA players in the state of California will be eligible to uh, get paid for their likeness. And then last week, we talked about video games. Right. Taking advantage of that, potentially. Yes. Well, the NCAA's top governing board this week voted unanimously to permit students participating in athletics the opportunity to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness in a manner consistent with the collegiate model. They said, quote, We must embrace change to provide the best possible experience for college athletes. That was President Michael V. Drake. That's a good name. It is. Uh, Additional flexibility in this area can and must continue to support college sports as part of higher education. The board's action was based on a comprehensive recommendation from the NCAA Board of Governors Federal and State Legislation Working Group, which includes presidents, commissioners, athletics directors, administrators, and student-athletes. 
The board still needs to lay out its principles and guidelines in order to make clear the distinction between collegiate and professional opportunities, make clear that compensation for athletics performance or participation is impermissible, and to reaffirm that student athletes are students first and not, not employees of the university. So it sounds to me like this is going to be growing pains as this... NCAA figures out how to gradually introduce the concept of payment to their athletes. So while this is definitely good news and a step in the right direction, yeah. this is not necessarily a step at to... more of we're going to now look in this direction. It's more like to complicate things by saying, hey, what if? And let's have this laundry list of all the things that we'll have to adjust in order for this to happen. Right. Now, they have four years to figure this out as the California law will not go into effect until 2022 or 2023. Four years. 2023. It will not go into effect until the fall of 2023 or January 1st. January 1st, 2023. Uh, but this gives them uh, four years to... Basically, lay out the guidelines of what is acceptable for NCAA athletes to get paid. Uh, because, as noted, um, endorsement deals can technically hinder performance. Should a company want an athlete to uh, yeah. pay for play kind of thing. Yeah. Um, this isn't... While this is mainly targeted at football athletes... Do note that this will apply to all collegiate athletes, right? Including um, Aunt Becky's daughter, <laughs> who is on the crew team, and that is technically counts as yeah, NCAA athlete. That's athletics. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that is why they they're going to take some time, probably all four years, to hammer out these details of. What is permissible by student athletes and how they maintain that student and amateur amateur uh, status of the students. We'll see. But yeah, this is going to yeah. get very messy very quickly, especially since one of the con our, our congressmen, not our congressman, but one of a congressman uh -huh. uh, in the Senate said that uh, should the NCA like literally hours after the NCA put this out, really like the next day, a congressman said that he would propose a bill to tax the students on all these uh, recent endorsements they would be getting because they're no longer because they're being paid and they're not going towards their education. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is why they have all this, this, like, just in case that was going to happen, is why they have all this stuff about, like, oh, yeah, we're going to still try to have a line between collegiate professional, and we're going to try to toe this where they're student first. And, yeah, it's why all that stuff is written into this, because they knew that they'd be immediately, like, push, mm -hmm. push back. There would be immediate pushback about this. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. All right, let's move on. But, yeah, that's something that will come down the line. Also something that will come down the line... Yeah, so the FCC is in the news this week. Uh, yeah, starring uh, uh, front and center, our favorite, Ajit Pai. Yeah, because always, always there. You, you can't get rid of him. Uh, the rise of streaming services could do uh, something that won't be anybody's uh, 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 good news to literally anyone. Could uh, give cable companies an excuse to raise rates. 
ah, did did we just have this thing with AT and T that yeah. they wouldn't raise rates if they were merged or if they approved the merger? Well, guess what? They probably will anyway because a new order has been handed down on October twenty fifth. Under the Cable Act of 1992, to rewind the clock uh, about 20-some-odd years, years, uh, local regulators are permitted to regulate cable prices in markets with only one provider. The revision is meant to prevent cable companies from leveraging that monopoly power to set unfairly high rates. Though, the petition from Charter, big, enormous uh, 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 cable provider, Charter Communications, Mm -hmm. Uh, wants to qualify streaming services reasonable competition for conventional cable. That move could open the door to a massive deregulation and monopoly cable markets. So, for example, if you live in a market that would only that Charter is the only game in town, such as the market that I'm in right now, uh, then basic basically they could argue it's like, hey, well, streaming services are a competitor here. That monopoly law in 1982 doesn't count for us. Um, we can now um, get. Our, give our, our uh, all our um, uh, cl- like our customers a mm-hmm. big raise in their cable payment. Well, because it's either go with us or deal with streaming, which you'll have to go through us for internet. Right. Or you know, it's smart if you are a company that provides both, which most of those companies do. Yes, because they're no longer just tele just cable companies. Yeah, they're, they're all internet. telecommunications, all <laughs> internet, all styles. So yeah, uh, as the FCC put it in a statement. Cable rates can be deregulated whenever, quote, an online streaming service option with comparable programming is available from a local exchange center affiliate in the franchise area. So that would mean your Hulu Lives, your YouTube TVs. Your uh, PS View. For Until 2020. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's not Uh, Yeah, your YouTube TVs. Uh, Yeah, all this, because they see it as direct competition, that you can get exactly what they're providing um, not through them, but through them. Like, technically, they want to see that as competition, especially since it's live TV. If it was on demand, yeah, there's some uh, discrepancies there. But I think their main thing they're going after is that fact that it is live yeah, TV. It's comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, uh, LEC, by the way, Local Exchange Carrier, uh, it's a regulatory term for the television, telephone, and cable providers that fall under the purview of the FCC, which specifically targets companies like AT&T, Comcast, and other telecoms, while Netflix and Hulu are not seen as competitive companies under their definition. Right. Like we said, because they are streaming services. Which is why Charter wants to change it. Charter wants to basically make the argument that they are competitive. Well, not necessarily them, but like HBO Max, uh, DirecTV's... Yeah, uh, streaming service. So yeah, Charter explicitly confirmed that it would, it would raise prices if their petition was successful. So get ready, y'all, because the, the fight has only begun. What if this backfires and actually pushes them to... for people to cut the cord even more? So I was thinking that too, but then I thought like, oh wait, no, I see why they're doing it. Because my initial thought, of course, is why would they raise rates if they want people to go with them instead of the streaming? Mm-hmm. But then... Two things. One, you gave a good point where it's like, no, they want people to sign up. They're all internet companies too. If they go with them and they bundle television, then you'll ha- then they'll make an argument for the go with them even if their rates uh, rates increase. Mm-hmm. It's a one stop shop thing, which is a convenience that a lot of people will want. The second thing I thought of is that 
it's a precaution to make up money that they would potentially lose. That's what this is. It's a loss leader. They know that if they're in a, com a competitive area with these streaming services, there's going to be a certain percentage of people that are going to do that instead of cable. Them raising the rates on the people that are their diehard customers that are guaranteed to stick with mm -hmm. them makes up for the money of the percentage of people that they'll never get because they're the cord cutters. So you're, you're going after the whales, the people who right. are stuck in their ways. They know that if they raise the rates on people who have had charter all their lives, they don't care. They're going to keep charter because it's the cable television that they're familiar with. It is the, those people who go, I want to stick with my TV remote because right. I've been with this for the past yeah. 50 years. I am not changing. They're the ones that hated the transition to digital 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that were like complaining to this day that they don't have the old box. They well, guess have. what? They'll lose around <laughs> for another, what, 10 years, 20 yeah, years? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the two reasons why I think that they're doing this. And I think that that will probably offset uh, whatever reasons they would have to become, quote, competitive as we're used to hearing it mm -hmm. by lowering their prices. They have more than enough reason not to. Oh, no. But, like, so, yeah. Lost cast. Yes, it is. But also, as what is a famous saying on this podcast? It's a business. It's a business. It's a business. And business sucks. So live with it. All right, let's talk about something else. You know, I want to make a bass head just as me yeah. a bow podcast. It's a business. It's a business. Let's talk about thoughts, though, because we've watched some television. Oh, we watched some TV. You watched a show. I watched a show. We both watched a show. Who wants to go first? All right, so I almost finished uh, with uh, The Righteous Gemstones. I'm two episodes away. I will have my thoughts on that next week. For yes. sure, I guarantee it. But you do have your thoughts on something else. Yes, on something else. Uh, I have my thoughts on something that uh, ended, began. Began. Something that began. Okay. Something uh, So that, one whole episode to talk about. One whole pilot episode that made me question if I even want to continue watching this. Also, why is this thing made? Alright, what is Mrs. Fletcher? Mrs. Fletcher is... Why Kath was she made? This is Catherine Hahn. Okay. Um, Catherine Hahn of Parks and Rec. Uh, among other things. Among other things. She's famous <laughs> to me and been around. She's right. always been, oh, it's that actress. Right, yeah. Uh, oh, I like her. She's funny. Uh, yes, Catherine Hahn. Yes. Uh, this is her starring TV show on HBO called Miss Fletcher. And this is a show is clearly not for me. It's a comedy, but it's clearly not for me. Uh, she is a manager in a senior home, but her son is also going off to college. Gone, gone off, going off, going off to college. So she is... Or like yes, over the course of the season, will be struggling with not only an identity crisis, but what do you do now that the thing you've invested eighteen years of your life into is all of a sudden no longer in your life? It's an empty nest syndrome. Empty nest syndrome. What do you do? Well, she decides to try and find love, or love. I'm gonna put big quotes around here. Okay. Around the, the term love, as she signs up for dating sites, but also some of the things that she does hints that she might be a MILF. <laughs> okay. By like checking up on her son's friends. <laughs> um, she takes night classes uh, to not only better herself, but also 
look for a hookups. <laughs> okay. Um, meanwhile, her son is off in college and exploring college life. As and you know, as you do. As you do. And there's also stuff like that involved where he is trying to figure out not only what he wants to do with his life, but also who he wants to hook up in his life. Uh-huh. Um, and so there is some comedy elements with thrown throughout here, but it's also something I'm kind of questioning, like, not necessarily for me. Yeah, it's fair. Um, yeah, it's just, the show's not for me, but it definitely is for those, like, definitely adult, older parents who are, either are experiencing that emptiness room or will be experiencing and want to watch something a little bit comedy, a little bit naughty, a little bit late night feel to it. Sure, yeah. Not for me, but it does have some good aspects about it. There are The jokes do kind of hit. Um, Casey Wilson's in this as the best friend. It's good to see her around. I'd yeah. like to see her more. Still, still around. Yep, still around, still doing comedy stuff. Uh, but, yeah, Catherine Hahn definitely drives this thing. Uh, yeah, if you like her and you like her comedy, you like her whole shtick, um, definitely give this thing a watch. She does a great balancing between dressing up and looking like a MILF, and then also <laughs> dressing down and looking like a mom. Uh-huh. Literally within like two scenes of each other, it's like, oh, like she is kind of hot. Like, oh no, <laughs> she isn't that hot. Oh wait, am I supposed to be attracted? You're so confused. No, this isn't. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, it's a fine show. Um, Itching to see where they go with this premise-wise because it can literally go in a bunch of directions. But you probably won't find out because you probably won't watch it. I probably won't find out. All right, let's move on then. I watched a show. You watched a show. I watched a show that I've been watching for six seasons now because it is in its sixth, well, first half of its sixth season. So this is season 6.5? Season 6 part one is what they're calling it on Netflix. Yes. So, uh, BoJack Horseman. Yes, uh, the long-running, I guess now long-running, animated show on Netflix, as we previously reported, is in its final season, uh, but it's being split into two parts. So part one we got this past week. Uh, Part two will be coming in in January. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this was only part one of the final season, but you can already see that they are leading down a path where all the miscellaneous plot lines and all the characters will get their closure. Aww. So yeah, this is either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your feelings about the show. So if you've watched the show before, uh, you know that kind of a recurring theme with it is that the characters don't really learn their lessons. I mean, uh, Bojack for a while, and I think we talked about this the last couple of seasons on when I've talked about it mm-hmm. on the show, it had the issue for a while of, uh, of that a lot of other uh, prestige shows on television did for a while, which was... It's a show about an anti-hero. You know, like, Breaking Bad is, like, the quintessential example of this, right? Mm-hmm. The show is ostensibly about somebody you're supposed to care for and empathize with, but they routinely do terrible things, and they routinely remem- remind you that they're a terrible person, and it does not seem like that they are going to be redeemed at any point. Right. Of course, spoiler alert, everybody knows what happens at the end of Breaking Bad, and ultimately the lesson there is that there was no redemption arc. Right, and you have brought this up uh, last year mm-hmm. when you brought up the end of season five. How yes. you finally felt like they were actually moving forward, that the characters are finally actually yes. getting some comeuppance. So the good news is, 
is that season six literally follows off where season five ended because that's how seasons work, but also thematically does. Um, The character growth that we saw in the last season is where we left it, Uh, including, I mean, this is light spoilers if you haven't caught up on on BoJack to the end of season five. Uh, But yeah, the the, the kind of uh, closure rehab arc of BoJack comes to its conclusion in this season, and he has improved in leaps and bounds. In fact, it's kind of a recurring gag in this season about how he's actually suddenly, like, put together. And, like, he actually somehow has made a recovery, like, made his recovery actually, like, settle in his brain. Mm-hmm. Where he seems, it's, it's convincing that it doesn't look like he's going to be the person he used to be, or, of course, that he used to be. It's like, there's some improvement that's clearly seen, and it's kind of used for laughs in a way, because he tries to now kind of pivot to being the person with the good advice as opposed to be the person with the bad advice. And so it's an interesting take on a character that for a while there looked like potentially like, oh boy, like I hope this like this show doesn't go too much in that direction because we're just not in that like era of television anymore. Mm-hmm. So thankfully they've moved away from that. It's a different animal, no pun intended, than it used <laughs> to be. That being said, all Horse the rest puns. of the characters, though, are sent into a tailspin this season. They really take Woo-hoo. advantage Wait. of... But yeah, like the, the, the kind of flip side of this is that allows them, with less like dramatic BoJack stuff, this allows them to really like think about like where the other characters are going with their lives. So a lot of the dramatic storylines here are reserved for them. Though there are, there is something that they hint at the end of this part, though, uh, kind of to take the BoJack stuff a little in an interesting kind of last, last kind of stretch mm-hmm. until the end, which will be interesting. Okay. So yeah, I enjoyed the season. Uh, the gags are half still season. great. Half season. <laughs> Thanks, Janet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like. Um, not a girl. <laughs> not a girl. <laughs> but yeah. Um, like, I really enjoyed, uh, 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 the, the gags are still great, like, some of the best joke writing on television still, is still incredibly well produced, um, like, and it still has the same kind of BoJack vibe, so a lot of inside baseball with Hollywood, a lot of, uh, like, 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 characters doing zany things that you'd want them to, of course, Todd being the centerpiece of the zaniness, as always. And so, like, yeah, you get what you're coming from for with a, with a season of BoJack, but then you get the bonus of having the titular character be a little different, and it's kind of refreshing. Okay. So, yeah, I think that it's interesting, and I can't wait until January when this stuff gets resolved, uh, because there's already some hints at some of that closure in this season, and I think that it could potentially be some of the, like, best writing that they've had. Okay. So. Do you feel a little, like... Any remorse or sadness that you only have five episodes left? I don't think it hits has hit me yet because we don't have a finality yet. Okay. They leave you with a cliffhanger, and so that way there's still that like reminder. It's like, don't worry, it's not done yet. But the rest of that episode, up until you get to that cliffhanger, does very much feel like we are starting to wrap things up. Yeah. Okay. Everybody is on the path to closure by the end of this part. It's just there's one less thing that they drop that they drop for a cliffhanger that may send the whole thing into an off, like, the, rails. off the rails again. So, yeah, 
I'll have to wait until January to report back. But yeah, so far so good. Okay. Uh, so far still, so good. Still one of the best uh, shows on television. All right, that's good. That's uh, BoJack Horseman six point five. Look for that on my uh, top five list. <laughs> Ooh, wait, when do we get the second half? January. So, oh. unfortunately, I won't be able to count it as a full season. Yeah. So it'll be. I don't know if I'll qualify, but. For our personal lists, I feel like we fudge things anyway. Oh, we fudge a lot so, of things. So, like, I'll probably still be able to include it. All right. All right. Um, oh, yeah, and I'm three episodes away from finishing Netflix's uh, part two of Disenchantment. Um, I'm not quite there, but... So um, we'll have that next, next week. week. I'll finish that up. I just have three more, because I've started using your Netflix again on the PlayStation. Yeah! <laughs> In case you've noticed. Oh, I've noticed. All right. All right. All right. Or television we've watched, which means we get to move into cancellations and renewals. All right. What is I no, what am I no longer watching on TV? Well, I'll tell you what you're not watching, but I'll also tell you some things that you will be watching in the future. Okay. So, as I obliquely mentioned earlier, HBO Max had a big uh, coming out party this week. They right. had a big show where they like basically talked about a lot of things that were going to be premiering there. They talked about price point, fourteen ninety nine a month, a little high. It definitely is considering <laughs> Disney Plus is only six ninety nine. Yeah, it looks real bad. Uh, but yeah, it seems like they have the programming though to potentially back up the price. One of the things that they announced for all you Cartoon Network fans out there is that they will be bringing back from the dead Adventure Time. Uh, did it die? Yes, it was officially and it officially had a finale. So yes, yeah, but died. that finale kind of like implied that the adventure never ends. I mean, yes, as the, the theme song, the theme song, ends song does says. As well. uh, but in this case, it does not end because there are four new one-hour-long specials coming in 2020 that will be exclusive to HBO Max. So this is part of uh, several uh, Cartoon Network produced. Uh, shows that will be making their exclusive debut here. Uh, another one of those is uh, a project called The Fungies that was originally sp- scheduled later this year to premiere on Cartoon Network. Now officially completely moved to uh, HBO Max, though okay. with still Cartoon Network branding. Okay. And speaking of creators from Cartoon Network, uh, J.G. Quintel, the creator of uh, uh, a regular show, uh, his next project has finally found a home. It had been announced a while ago by Warner, uh, but it didn't have a network announced. It will be an HBO Max show. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So there's some uh, good heavy hitters right there. Meanwhile on television, though, other things have been happening. On regular television. Freeform has canceled Marvel's Cloak and Dagger after two seasons. Marvel has canceled Cloak and Dagger on Freeform. Yeah. Uh, this is, of course, all in the lead-up to the Disney Plus stuff. Yes, they are canceling, as they have been, all their excess frivolous shows right. to consolidate everything for yep. Disney Plus. Make everything canon to the MCU. Yep. All right. Uh, Prime Video is renewing Modern Love, their current hit, for a second season. It, is that out yet? That's, I believe it is airing. Okay. On streaming. Yeah. Right, yeah, they do the by-episode weekly. I think that is currently out. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's uh, season two. And, speaking of seasons, guess what season it is? Fall. It's full season order season. Full season order season. Because here's a list, of, a long list of shows that are getting a full season order after the premieres. All right, so we've watched, uh, I think, all of these shows. Oh, uh, not all of these, but most of these. Okay. You've talked about most of these. I've talked about most of these. What you haven't talked about are the ones in the CW, as we have a full season orders for both Batwoman and Nancy Drew. I think the Batwoman is a surprise considering its ratings. Right. But Nancy Drew, as makes that sense. is, makes sense as it is from 
the Riverdale School of Riverdale. Yeah, I understand that that thing is a CWS CW show. Like I said, it's from the School yeah. of Riverdale. <laughs> uh, on ABC, full season orders have occurred for Mixedish and Stumptown uh, uh, for a full first season, and The Rookie will be getting a full second season. Uh, yes, good on Mixedish. I. Yeah. Like I said, that was a good hit. Right. Good on Stumptown. Stumptown. I'm glad they picked that one up for uh, Kobe, Kobe Smolders. Smolders. More Kobe Smolders is not a bad thing. Yep, Kobe Smolders gets a full season. And Nathan Fillion gets a full second season. Possibly turn that thing into a the next castle. Maybe. I could see that. Yeah. And CBS has uh, full season orders for several of their new uh, 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 series. All Rise, getting a full season. Uh, that is the judge. Uh, uh, recent lore bec- becomes a judge, but still thinks like a lawyer. Yeah. Bob Hart's Abishola gets an ex- inexplicable order for a full season. Why? Uh, something <laughs> Billy Gardell is like, just like paying CBS back under the table. Maybe. Uh, Carol's second act, also maybe an unearned full season. That's an unearned full order. season. And The Unicorn, a maybe potential full season order. I've watched more episodes of The Unicorn than I'd care to, to admit, but <laughs> every episode I've watched, I have liked. Okay, so that's what I was saying. Maybe there's a potential there. Yeah. So, yeah, sure. That one maybe earned it, but the rest maybe not. No, the rest did, definitely did not, but Sorry, The Unicorn is definitely that, well, I guess, unicorn of a show in uh, terms of actually a good comedic hit. All right, and we have I'm no deaths. CBS. We have no deaths this week, so I'm going to hand this uh, over no, to you. No, there was. Are we no, just done yes. with deaths? Oh no, no, De- <laughs> death is on a holiday. Death's on a holiday. Yes, okay. until tomorrow because it's Halloween. Oh yes, um, I think next month we're going to get hit hard oh, as it is November. The just everyone starts dropping like everyone dies in November. <laughs> is there something I don't know? Yeah, like when the pumpkins go, so do the people. Oh, no. Dark. Yeah. Speaking of dark. Speaking of dark, the uh, music <laughs> billboard. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the billboard. It's not dark, actually. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, our uh, our billboard lists for you. Yeah, we have uh, the Billboard Hot 100. Your singles chart. All the singles charts. All the singles charts. Uh, number one, Someone You Loved by Louis Capaldi. I have breaking news. I have heard this song, finally. You have. After weeks song. of not knowing what the hell this was. I've heard it all the time this week. You have heard it all the so time this week. So no wonder it's number one, because it got a huge surge in radio play out of nowhere. By? Not the pop stations. Ironically, it took me listening to our our local, like, weird family station, My FM, to hear My this. FM? They've been playing it like crazy over there. But you just didn't realize that's what it was called? That's, yeah, I heard it and I was like, oh, that's what this is. So it's the it, he has, like, a super thick accent. And he sounds like he's super gravelly. Okay. It's a weird ass song, and I don't understand how it's like so popular. How does the song go? It's like he's he's like the day bleeds into nightfall, and then 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 somebody loved something like that. You'd have to hear it. I would have to hear it because <laughs> that was a terrible interpretation. <laughs> My karaoke version of <laughs> So yeah, at least I know who he is now. I heard him do an interview um, in which he had a very, very thick accent. So okay. there you go. This guy has a thick accent. That's All right. to know about Louis Capaldi. And he is your number one song this week. He's the number one song this week. Uh, number two uh, on your charts is Truth Hurts by Lizzo. Yep. Number three, Senorita by Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello. Yep. Uh, number four, 
Circles by Post Malone. Yep. And number five, No Guidance, Drake featuring Chris Brown. So everything else just moved down. Yep, everything yep. else moved down. Uh, as for your Billboard 200, uh, your albums chart, once again, back at number one, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. It's clearly a slow release week. <laughs> Definitely is. As number two is Al Youngboy 2 yep. by Al Youngboy Never Broke Again. No, Al Youngboy is the name of the record. He is not Al Youngboy. He's just Youngboy Never Broke Again. By Youngboy Never Broke Again. Still one of my favorite names of any artist. Uh, number three, Over It by Summer Walker. Number four, Kirk by The Baby. And back up in the number five, Lover by Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't know why it got a bump, but it did. I don't know. It definitely wasn't that out, those uh, ticket sales. No. No, no. <laughs> um, but though, that is your album chart. Yeah. Um, well, what am I listening to this weekend, then? Well, I don't know what you're listening to this weekend, uh-huh. but here are the new releases. All right, give it to me. Uh, first Some, up, yeah. we have New Age Norms 1. By the Cold War Kids. Yeah. Yes, Cold those War Cold War Kids. They're back. Yep. Uh, we also have One of the Best Yet by Gangstar. <laughs> That's two R's and yeah. star. Uh, we also have Imperfect Circle by Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie. Yes, that Hootie and the Blowfish. Freaking Hootie has an album. Freaking Hootie. <laughs> Hootie. Uh, we also have I Shouldn't Be Telling You This. By Jeff Goldblum? Yes, that Jeff Goldblum. So, remember when we talked about Jeff Goldblum having that jazz album? This is that (laughs) that jazz jazz album. Uh, We also have From Out of Nowhere uh, by Jeff Lynn's ELO. So, I think... Why is this Jeff Lynn's ELO and not just ELO? I didn't look this up, but my assumption is is that there's probably probably some sort of... um, a Pink Floyd scenario happening here, where a, or Jeff Lynn wants to keep tra- like touring under the name ELO, but probably some other people who are in the band probably aren't down with that, and so he has to probably legally distinct, like make a legally distinct name, okay, to differentiate himself from regular ELO, to make very clear that the entire band of Electric Light Orchestra <laughs> is not there, and it is just Jeff Lynn. Okay, so I, that's why I think. That it's probably a legal distinction. Okay. And lastly, new releases, Wild Card. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> By Miranda Lambert. I will dun, be dun, 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 checking dun, this dun. out because I love Miranda Lambert. I will also be checking this out, but not because I love Miranda Lambert. <laughs> Somebody else but does. someone else does. That you know. That I know. Very well. And it's not you. <laughs> No. Someone else. You're not marrying me. Somebody else <laughs> that I used to and still know. Still know. <laughs> we'll know very, very closely in just yes. a handful of weeks here. Ah, uh, speaking of a handful speaking of weeks of here. of a handful of weeks. What Spotify! Do you get? Hey, Spotify! <laughs> What's going on in the world? And our weird-ass transitions. <laughs> yeah, so Spotify is trying to sell more multi-account family plan subscriptions. How are they doing that? Well, they're doing that by setting up a special, quote, playground of sound that's just for kids. Just for kids? Yeah. The new Spotify Kids app Uh brings together a hand-picked selection of age-appropriate music, Uh sing-alongs, soundtracks, 
and the creme de la creme stories Delicious. for kids as young as three years old. Oh, the app is available in a beta test period initially only in Ireland starting uh, today, October 30th, and will come to other countries where Spotify Premium Family is available in the next few months. It is specifically designed to push more consumers to Spotify's full-fledged family plan, which is priced at $14.99 per month in the U.S., which offers up to six accounts, rather than the $9.99 a month for the single accounts. Okay. Uh, we already are doing this family plan, as we are family. It's true. But we don't have any kids, though, to test this out. Although, I do have a niece that could potentially be a customer for this. So I will pitch this to my sister and get back to you. Okay. <laughs> uh, as, as we know, Netflix already does this with a dedicated kids section where kids can go yeah. and view all the non-adult, age-appropriate television, uh, cartoons, and yeah. live-action And YouTube films. has a variation of this as well. Like, it's, yes. a, it's a common thing in streaming uh, video, but it's a, it's a new concept for streaming music, so it'll be interesting uh, to see how this works out. I wonder if, we, if it's just kids' bop versions. Uh, and, it could be part of it. And mainly, like, radio edits. So the, No, I the, bet it's not even that. I bet this is, like... Literal, like, music designed for children. Oh. Not adaptations of existing music. I think this is your We Sing Silly Songs. This is your Disney soundtracks. This is your stuff like that. This is not... This is your... the We Might Be Giants records that they wrote for children. Who is the 40-year-old <laughs> this is band putting together yeah. this kid's oh. soundtrack? No, this is Raffi. You're going to hear Raffy. a lot of Baby Beluga <laughs> Uh, Baby Baby Shark will be on here. DJ Shark. Give me some gummy bears. Yeah, or some gummy bears. Yes. Yeah, so you know the kind of thing this will be. Yes, I also know this kind of thing. I am not in the mood to listen to. Also, you're not a child, so you're fine. Say that to my Disney playlist. <laughs> well, I'll probably get you mostly on there, too. All right. Uh, what else do we my got? My dedicated Disney playlist says I am a child. Well, what else do we got? Uh, well, week? we have a returning uh, segment from last week. Except it's just one uh, this this week. Less litigious this week. Gavel, gavel. Court is now in session. Because it's time to call, talk about lawsuits. Yeah, it is. Well, a federal appeals court has revived a lawsuit claiming that Taylor Swift ripped off the chorus of her hit song, Shake It Off. Shake It Off. Uh, the district judge dismissed the suit in February of 2018, finding insufficient similarity between the song and the 2001 composition, Playa's Gonna Play. <laughs> yes. Because Playa's Gonna Play and Shake It Off's Gonna Haters Hate Hate Hate. Sure, yeah. What? Um, yeah, he's going to hate and shake it off. Hate. Yeah, player's going to play. Player's going to play. Well, Judge Michael Fitzgerald held that the songwriters of the earlier work, Sean Hall and Nathan Butler, did not display sufficient creativity in combining the phrases, player's going to play <laughs> and haters going to hate. Right. By, to th- quote, by 2001, American... 
popular culture was heavily steeped in the concept of players, haters, and <laughs> player haters. <laughs> uh, Fitzgerald wrote at the time, quote, Cons- the concept of actors acting in accordance <laughs> with their essential nature is not all creative. It is banal. I included this almost 100% on that last sentence because it is maybe one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard a judge say. It is. <laughs> I just like the, the idea concept of tra- actors he's trying to acting. Get down to the core of what it means, what players players gonna play and haters gonna hate means. But he also had to say it in the most legal it sense. It has to be ever. super legalese, and that's the most legalese way you can say it. Basically, it's so funny to me. So yeah, because yeah, if you rewind the clock, we may have actually talked about it on this podcast. I'm sure we talked about the lawsuit. Podcast. But basically, they were making the arguments like, well, we were the first was to say players gonna play and haters gonna hate in the same song. So she's just doing what we did, and no, no, it's different. Well, see, this was back in 2001. Sure, that might have been a new concept at the time, but being that this song came out in 2017, 16, it's had at least 15 years to become part of the lexicon. 14. 2014? 2014. 1989. That's not 1989. That was not recent. Yeah, it was. Oh, no, that's right. That was two albums ago. That was two albums ago. You're skipping Reputation, just as you should. Just as you should. Everyone skips reputation. Because <laughs> anyway. so, yeah, uh, nobody gives a damn about that bad yeah, reputation. It's true. It's true. We were warned. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to. I just wanted to read that that sentence because it's the funniest. One of the funniest. Oh, it is great. It is super legalese. But that's it for abuse uh, news. All right, which means we have some thoughts. So, quick question. Yeah, you have some thoughts. Did you listen to anything this week? So, I did, but it has nothing to do with, um... What we're going to talk about? Yeah, like, it just, it's not not important. Really, I thought you You would've... listened to The Thing, though. I thought you would have listened to The no, Thing. No, I'm done. <laughs> I, okay. I'm over that. You are done. Alright, so, I listened to The Thing that is Kanye West. Uh, so, he All right. decided to finally put out <laughs> finally an album. Uh, not the album we all were thinking of, but uh, this one is called Jesus is King. Um, as we really briefly and quickly noted at the end of last month, I believe, as his album was supposed to drop, but never did. Uh, at the end of last month, he said, uh, Kanye West had said that he was no longer into producing, like... Straight up rap music <laughs> and R and B music, but rather taking his talents and making more of a gospel sound. Hence, why he also did the yeah. Gospel Sunday at yeah, he's Coachella been doing the Sunday services, which is like where this comes from. Well, that and his mom's part, yeah. well, for the most part. Oh, well, yeah, no, he's always and and that's not to say that he hasn't talked about faith before. Yes, I mean his literal first biggest single, "Jesus Walks," mm-hmm. was exactly that. It was basically him. Grappling with the idea of wanting to make rap music, but also wanting to talk about Jesus for a little bit, and he's had almost at least at least one song in every single one of his records where he talks about his faith. So it seems like a logical progression, but also a turning point because he definitely seems like he wants people to believe that this is who he is now, that he is evangelical Kanye. So yes, Kanye West, the man who interrupted Taylor Swift, yeah. the man <laughs> who uh, talked about. 
gold diggers. The man who, on uh, his last record that anybody cared about, Life of Pablo, literal, literally quoted a Bible verse and then talked about a bleached asshole in the same li- <laughs> same lyric. Yeah, that Kanye West. Yes, has now that Kanye West. album called Jesus is King. Yes, and <laughs> the very first note of this is a gospel choir. Uh-huh. Yelling at uh-huh. you, yeah. no warning, just <laughs> oh, right into your speakers. Uh-huh. Ah, yes. Um, uh, I mean, but based on that album title, Jesus is King, you kind of get that this is going to be a religious gospel album, and boy, does he firmly step right into it and go full on. Hey, I'm doing a gospel album as. Throughout, not just like the first song, where you have clearly a gospel choir, but throughout all the songs on this album, which is, by the way, I want to thank Kanye for it being a short 30-minute album. Uh, 32 minutes, I think. But yes, no no double album here. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, but it's clearly, like, from the first note to the last line, this is a gospel album through and through. It basically, he took he hosiered me. <laughs> he took you to church. He took me to church. That's not hosiering because if you were hosiering, that would just mean that you were asking somebody else to take you to church. Yeah, well, I didn't ask <laughs> to be taken to church. Kanye West brought the church to me. So yeah, that's not being hosiered. <laughs> That's okay. what hoes your wants. That's what your wants. And nobody's doing it for yeah, Yes, they want you. Who wants you to take me yeah. to church? <laughs> uh, but yeah, now this album is, like I said, a gospel album through and through. I got through it, and at the <laughs> end of it, I was like about halfway through it, actually. I was like, okay, clearly this is definitely a gospel album. This is clearly produced, and just clearly produced by Kanye West, mm-hmm. and I kind of hated the first half of this album. <laughs> yeah. Because it felt like Kanye West overproducing Kanye West. Um, but with gospel music. And then it took a turn in uh, the second half of this album. And I weirdly liked it. I liked that at the second half of the album, he stripped everything down. He went back to the simple beats, the simple harmony, the simple melody. He went back to just... To it being about the rap, the lyrics, the words, the meaning. You can feel everything coming out of Kanye West. Pouring his soul, his beliefs into this album. And I'm like, this is the album I wanted. I thought I was going to get. Because I like this second half of this album. What did you think about Kenny G? Yeah, that's smooth. He's always smooth. <laughs> Kenny G is on this record. He's always smooth. But Kanye West, like, definitely had some things to say on this album. and um, About Jesus. A lot of it's about Jesus. He throws a lot of Bible verses everywhere. Um, he throws also a lot of shade at Christians everywhere. Yeah. Seeing how they'd be the first ones to judge him if he ever did anything. Uh, but there's a lot of self-reflection in this album. There's a lot of stuff of talking about where he was and what he wants to be going forward, how he's no longer that same person, how he knows how this will look, but also that he is from now dedicating his life to Jesus, as he has said before uh, in his previous interview, that he's dedicating the rest of his music career 
to making these gospel albums. So the question then remains uh, for me then, like, is it worthwhile? Because the because what I've heard, uh, what you're saying actually reflects what I've read. Mm-hmm. It seems like the critical opinion seems to be pretty middling. It seems like this is a very middle-of-the-road Kanye album. It's not as bad as anybody thought it was going to be, but they're also saying, like, it's definitely not even close to, you know, his, like, huge albums. Well, you know, it feels like, like this was Kanye of two minds. Yeah. Where you have the first half, it was all in his producer mind. I'm going to do these type of beats. I want to have this type of melody. I want that gospel choir. I want these, these like, the fluttering doves, the the sound of wood being cut. I want all <laughs> these, like, it's literally in there for some reason. Like, I want all these, sure. like, Clearly symbolic, metaphorical sounds, like just being pumped senselessly into you. But then the second half is just him, like at the end of it going, now I just want to preach to you. I want to tell you my side of everything. Uh And I wanted more of Kanye's side to everything rather than him behind, behind the keyboard. I want him in front of the mic than behind the keyboard, even though he is technically... In front of the mic throughout this entire thing. <laughs> yeah, he's on every song, I assume. Yeah, he is on every <laughs> song. But I, I just wanted more of that Kanye from the heart rather than Kanye from the producer mind up in his head. Right. But do we really want that, though, in 2019? <laughs> That's what I was kind of struggling with. <laughs> yeah. Where I like what you're saying. I agree with you on it because this is, I don't want to say your opinion, but you... <laughs> The way you've become, like, the way you've transformed. Yeah. Like, this is the guy uh, who went apeshit in Paris and they're going gorilla. <laughs> it's really hard when you juxtapose the history of Kanye West with this image that he wants to promote of himself now. And, like, you read stuff about, like, it's been really interesting in this lead-up to this record because stuff has come out about his recording process Mm -hmm. where apparently he told everybody working on the album that they couldn't have uh, extramarital sex while they were working on, or premarital sex, depending (laughs) on the person, I suppose, while they were working on the record. Uh, Apparently, he encouraged Kim to wear less tight-fitting clothes over the, like, over this transition. Like, he's, like, and apparently he has, like, this, like, Christian swear jar that he uses now where he can only let himself uh, curse twice a day. Okay. And then, on top of all this, apparently he made a statement last week that he does not want to perform any of his old material anymore. So when he goes on tour in the future, he will no longer do his old stuff. He will not play the hits? Apparently not. He says that now it's just gospel Kanye 24-7 when he performs. Wait, when did he die? Because I thought... That doesn't kill him, only makes him stronger. No, apparently not. I need you to hurry up now. Because <laughs> he can't wait much longer. Because that's the thing, is like, so all his big hits were stuff, I guess, that he wouldn't do anymore. I mean, all his big hits were stuff that he made pre fatherhood, when he was just all about himself. That's which, not necessarily true, though, because Life of Pablo is a post fatherhood album. Well, yes, I know. But, I mean, like. <laughs> But it's not terrible. Then, no, but uh, like you said, like his first song, "Walk with Jesus." Jesus uh, walks. Jesus walks. Walk with Jesus. No, that sounds like a record. That's song about this that, record. No, 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 that's Carrie Underwood's <laughs> song, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jesus takes the wheel. Yes. 
Uh, Lost here, here. This uh, album. Yeah. It's a gospel album through and through. It's what Kanye wants. It's what it says I don't it know is. if it's what we need from him or what we expect from him, but if this is what he's going to give us, um, don't. I mean, money. Well, I guess Kim makes money. Yeah. But yeah, these are not going to be the Kanye hits of the old. It's going to be a weird transition for a while until we all accept that either we all accept that this is now where he's going or he accepts that this is not working out. I'm going back and basically being the hypocrite. He said he wasn't going to be on this album, but that is for future Kanye to worry about. As <laughs> we have other, another album to talk about. Ah, uh, okay. So, Another album, second album, I listened to a second album this week, and while I thoroughly enjoyed it, I kind of wish this album wasn't necessarily out so soon. Also, the fact that it should have been out way sooner than it did. Um, I'm talking about Old Dominion by Old Dominion. <laughs> the name was Self-titled. Self-titled, Old Dominion, Old Dominion, self-titled Old Dominion album. Uh, this is not their first album, this is technically their third album. This is also an album that should have come out earlier this year, as the first song on this uh, album, Make It Sweet, has been literally on the radio since March of this year. Oh, wow. And we are just now getting this damn album. Uh, so, needless to say that basically all the singles that are that are on this album are already out uh, out uh to be downloaded and playing on the radio for a while now. So that makes this album kind of in a weird limbo spot for me where I'm listening to it and, oh, I've heard all these songs before, but now it's just in like an album format. Um, also, this album made me realize that I should definitely listen to uh, Turn Off uh, Shuffle. Yeah. Because I yeah. did that again, where uh, I've listened to an album on shuffle. Out of order. And it's all out of order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, this album, I liked. I actually liked this album front to back. There's a lot of good songs on it. Good. However, their song is very similar to a band I literally reviewed, I think, last week oh. or the week before. Okay. That being Zach Brown Band's Uh-oh. album that just came okay. out. Uh, so you know how I said Zach Brown it has three distinct song, uh, three distinct like modes versions: yeah. the Z, uh, the Gen Z, the acoustic, and the country. <laughs> well, Old Dominion drops the Z, and it's just basically acoustic and country. Okay. And like I said, with the uh, figure from a band called Old Dominion that they'd want to keep things a little traditional. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, with the Zach Brown band, I liked the album, but I didn't like the necessarily weird, new Gen Z. Yeah. New Gen Z stuff. Well, this is the kind of album that I expected them to do, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. But now Old Dominion did it. And so I liked it a lot more than I probably would have normally. Uh, But seeing as the album literally came out after that album, it kind of undercuts themselves by looking like they're literally copying Zac Brown Band, Uh which isn't necessarily a bad thing because... They're a hit band. Right. If you're going to follow someone, follow the leader. (laughs) But, (laughs) uh, 
but yeah, it's just a it's just puts me in a weird spot of I like all this stuff on it, but I think I would have liked it even more if I didn't listen to that Zach Brown band album. Yeah. But like everything on this album is good. Like the song I've been listening to like nonstop is one man band. Just because it's that breakdown acoustic love song uh, style song. And also Make It Sweet is the hit that's been everywhere. I think it's literally like one of the first two songs on my 2019 playlist. (laughs) Which I started back at the beginning of this year. So that just shows you how long this song has been around. Yeah. Uh, It's the the Post Malone Sunflower of this record. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Uh, but yeah, Old Dominion put out a really solid album. Definitely check it out if you're a country fan. Uh, do note they will be in. Uh, they will be a part of the Kenny Chesney Stadium tour coming out next year, which I already have tickets for. It's Old Dominion, <laughs> SGL, and Kenny Chesney. We will be at the new Los Angeles Inglewood SoFi Stadium, which means I will get to be on that field before yeah, the Rams yeah, do. Yeah, and then plant my but not but not before Taylor flag. Swift. Yeah, not before Taylor Swift because I didn't get tickets to that. <laughs> at least like through the next weekend. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it's a good album. It's just. Going to get lost in the shuffle of, of other course. albums that came out this year. Sure. Because it's coming out at such a late date. If this song, if this album came out during the summer, I think it would have easily been one of my summer albums. Mm-hmm. But here we are at the end of October, and uh, Midland's come out, and I am still in yeah. love with that record. Wait, it's not summer? Somebody needs to tell California weather, because I don't think they know yet. <sighs> Well, no, they did, because the Raiders are out. <laughs> yes, the Raiders. It is an autumn wind. <laughs> all right, well, uh, cool. Anything you, else? Uh, that's all I have. Did you listen to anything? I mean, like I said before, nothing like mainstream enough to talk about here. I did listen to what will likely be my uh, album of the year, though. Oh, would you like to spoil it? No, I'll wait. No? I'll okay. Wait, I'll wait until the end of the year. Alright, that'll do it then for music. Let's take us into video games. All right. Because, God, it's past 8 o'clock here and we still haven't talked about the biggest section. Well, it's a. Uh, we're only about a, an hour and a half into this thing. Yeah. All right. Sorry, a little bit late. Let's, let's, let's try to wrap this up so we can go to bed. Alright, well, we have new releases in video games. Uh-huh. We have Atelier Riza, colon, Ever Darkness, and The Secret Hideout. <laughs> For the PlayStation Switch and PC. This week in ridiculous uh, uh, Japanese RPG names. Yep. We also have Just Dance 2020 for the PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Uh, what's not listed there is the Wii version, because yes, there is a version of this coming out on the Wii. Wait, Wii? Not Wii U? Correct. Okay. There's no Wii U version coming out. There is, however, a Wii version coming out. Uh, my understanding is that they still put out Wii versions mm-hmm. of Just Dance because, uh, well, one, the install base... And two, uh, because I believe um, health um, institutions, yes, hospitals and like rehab centers and stuff, they use the they Wii. use Wii's yes. still in their like in their repertoire oh, yeah. of things, and so new versions of Just Dance are requested uh, by uh, uh, people because they want new songs. Yeah, it's a so it makes sense. Good workout. Yeah, so it makes sense for them to make a Wii version. I mean, also it's better to have a Wii version than a Xbox Connect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently. 
Uh, we also have Planet Zoo for the PC, a pseudo-sequel to uh, Zoo Tycoon. Oh, okay. Uh, we also have Red Dead Redemption 2. On PC. On PC this time. Uh, so expect a lot of mods to hit the mod ways. I don't know what you call them. <laughs> the mod ways? Tubes. The, the tubes? I don't uh, while we're talking about things coming to PC, I just want to briefly mention it's not in my news this week. But I was right, among with everybody else uh, who speculated that this would be the case. Uh, PlayStation 4, quote, exclusive, unquote, Death Stranding, will indeed be coming to PC. Yes, uh, 2020, though. Yeah, some future release of that. Uh, that game, by the way, uh, comes out on the 8th. Uh, so, uh, but reviews for it will hit Friday. So if Ooh. you are looking forward to hearing about Death Stranding, just wait two more days because on, um, on November 1st, the NDA is up and all the reviews will come out. All right. Um, we also for PC, you don't have a list here, but on Steam, you can get Jackbox Party 6, I believe. Yeah, I believe they're on 6. I believe we're on 6. Uh, for Steam only, it will come to uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch later in November. Yeah, so looking forward to trying some of those out. Yeah. Some of those new games. And or if there's you... a sequel to uh, Trivia, Trivia Murder Party. Yeah, there is. Which is one of your favorites. It is so one of my favorites. Really Why we'll be picking it up when it gets released. Yeah. Uh, we skipped five because those are super long games. If yeah. you want, don't if you don't have the Steam account or if you want to try out the games, go to twitch.tv and find someone streaming Jackbox yes. Party 6. You too can play. Yeah, and you can play straight from your phone. You don't need the uh, the version, uh, the app. Yeah, you don't need the game. The game, yeah. Right. You don't need the game. <laughs> version app game. Version app game. Because it's all on the web-based. Right. Uh, but for those of you who have Switches, this is a big release week for you. Uh, as Just Dance 2020 comes for the Switch. Yeah. Uh, also... Luigi's Mansion 3 yeah, for the Switch. Yeah, it's a big release. That's a Halloween release. So that comes out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, also, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, at the Olympic Games, Tokyo 2020. Yes. Not since Rio 2016 have <laughs> Mario and Sonic been at the Olympic, Olympic Games. Games. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is the Switch release of this game, we should note. Uh unclear on whether this is coming to other consoles, but if it is it will be released later, I guess. Uh, but yeah, if this seems this early... This doesn't normally come to other consoles. No, they, there's been 360 versions of the Olympic Games. There was? Yeah. Well, that was later. like two it was consoles originally a Wii era. franchise, you're right. Yeah. But like Later, I do believe that they did multi-platform releases. Okay. Uh, but yeah, and there's also arcade releases of those games too. Yes. Uh, go to your local Dave & Buster's to see them at the Olympics. So yeah, this is way anticipating, of course, next year's Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo. So Yes, where we heavily expect Mario to somewhere Mario be featured. Mario will appear because he was he was there at the, the freaking intro to it. Yeah, he was there at the ceremonial handoff Yeah. Uh, from Rio. Wow, it's been four years. Been four years. Wow. Okay. Have another Olympic, like Summer Olympics next year, if you can believe it. I know. More beach volleyball, more swimming. I am on board. Well, speaking of Mario and yes. Sonic and Nintendo franchises, yeah, we have news about one of their um, head leads, 
there. Um, go to guys. Creators, if you will. Yeah, sure. Some of them oh, like to call them creators. Yeah. I like to say visionaries. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's their own. Well, the man who done made Mario. Well, like <laughs> Studio Ghibli founder Hayao Miyazaki and founding mother of Shoujo Manga, Moto Haigo, Moto Hagio, before him. Sure. Legendary video game producer Shigeru Miyamoto has received one of Japan's highest honors for a creator. The Person of Cultural Merit Award is given to those who have made great cultural contributions to the country and is officially handed out by the Japanese government. A total of 54 people, including Mr. Miyamoto, have been handed the award. A ceremony recognizing his achievements will be held on November 5th in a Tokyo hotel. This is, I don't know why it says, in a Tokyo hotel. <laughs> I don't know why, but when I read that, it was like, not the band. No. Not the band, Tokyo Hotel. But uh, I did a little reading up on this award, and they never give it to creators. These are usually like architectures or like generals or people of government official status. So pretty pretty crazy. Like, pretty cool. But yeah, no, I mean, Mario is literally a cultural global icon. Oh, 100%, yeah. And the fact that it took this long for them to recognize it shows how behind the times they are despite being like a futuristic city itself (laughs) Uh, but no congratulations to uh, Shigeru Miyamoto surely this was not an award you were ever expecting to win or be notarized for yeah but you know we all put you we all would have given you the award five times over if we could (laughs) one for Mario Sunshine one for Mario the Olympics one for Mario (laughs) Keep going, keep going. Mario Galaxy, one for Mario Galaxy 2, yeah. one right. for Odyssey. Okay, we're good. Um, oh, and 64, how did I forget that? Yeah, Mario 64. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. All right, let's move on to one of the bigger news. The bigger, bigger news. Newses. The bigger newsy stories that came out. Uh, Sony's PS4. The fourth one. The fourth one. Well, as we noted last week, there have been rumors and speculations going around that the PS5 will have its imminent debut sometime next year. And so, Sony has detailed its financial results for Q2 of 2019, which is uh, three months, which is the three months ended September 30th, and revealed the PlayStation 4 shipped 2.8 million units worldwide in this time frame. Way more than Xbox ever did. <laughs> this figure is actually slightly down from Q1, when the console shipped 3.2 million units. Um, but still, that's 6 million units just in 2019 alone. Yeah. Um, however, the fig- that figure is enough to make the PS4 the second best-selling console of all time. That is the new story. (laughs) As confirmed in July of 2019, the PS4 officially reached the 100 million units shipped milestone and combined with the numbers from Q2 of 2019, that brings the total up to 
102.8 million units, edging the PS4 past the performance of the original PlayStation. So congratulations. Yeah. You beat a 15-year-old game system. I mean, they beat themselves, really, is what this is. They beat themselves. I mean... But they're still beating themselves, however, (laughs) as the PlayStation 2 remains the best-selling console of all time at over 150 million units sold. This, yeah, so this is interesting because the 360 for a while looked like it was going to, like, take that number two number with, like, and have it for a while. But no, turns out, no. Uh, The PlayStation 4 has now passed the 360. So, yeah, Microsoft's completely out of the running, at least uh, potential to be, be the number one selling of all time. Uh, I mean, I think the Wii is probably up there too. So the fact that the PS4 is now outsell the Wii is pretty, pretty insane. Well, yeah, because the Wii was, I think, was well, not the probably, first. It was probably number two. Oh yeah, the Wii was number two for a long yeah. time. But the but the PlayStation Two though, I don't know if that'll ever be beaten. Okay. Because you have to keep in mind what the economy was like in two thousand. Yeah. When that thing when that thing came out first, and also. It was a DVD player when people were needing DVD players. Mm-hmm. There is a reason why those things sold as well as they did. Oh, I, I mean, there's a reason the PS3 sold as well as they did, because so Blu-ray, Blu-ray players. But that was also a different time, too. And the PS3 actually did not sell nearly as well as they thought it was. Right. Initially. It took a uh, redesign for that thing to start selling. Mm-hmm. It also took a significant price cut for that it thing to start selling. It also took a sell. global recession, but that's another story. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the late 2000s were an interesting time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so whatever metric you use, this is still a pretty good milestone for Sony. And it means they got the one and two spots locked up until somebody wants to try it. Switch, anyone? Want to try and switch it up? Because I want to uh, note that the Switch maybe on track to do pretty well itself in its lifetime, as in its short life cycle already, it is outpacing the Wii in sales. Yes, um, and it will only get outpaced even more this upcoming holiday season with the release of Pokemon. When Pokemon happens, this will be a game changer, because Pokemon is the reason why Nintendo's handhelds used to be the biggest selling things on the planet. That's why the Game Boy was, like, the benchmark. Yeah, the Game Boy was the the, thing before the PlayStation 2. Right, and even the DS and all its many versions technically outsells everything. Yeah, yeah, I think it depends on whether you count those as video game consoles. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of a moot point. Right, technically that counts as handheld and not console. Right, I guess it's a different metric. Right. Because, yeah, if you wrap in all the things with DS in the name, Mm -hmm. it probably does circles around. I know, it does. So yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what a Pokemon game does because yes, classically, when a Pokemon game is released for a Nintendo handheld, that's when sales go through the roof. Not and only... the fact that the Switch has already been doing stellar before this happens means that we're in for a treat. Also the fact that this holiday season you get a Switch console with Pokemon, right. Mario, and Zelda, <laughs> and a Smash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's your entire holiday budget right there. Yeah, that's that's such a good good gift. If I knew somebody who I had already bought a Switch for or don't need to buy a Switch for, I probably would have done that bundle. But <laughs> I already blew my Switch budget. That, that's, so. not a, that's not a bundle, but that definitely should be a bundle. Should be a bundle. But yeah, I bought 
basically a version of that. I bought yeah. someone a Switch and a preserved a Pokemon. So yeah, that's right happened. for when Pokemon are finally arrives in two weeks. Oh, two weeks. Two weeks. It's on its way. Uh, anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, congratulations, PlayStation. But also, I am sorry, PlayStation. As because you can't beat PlayStation. Well, no, not just that, but you can no longer view a PlayStation. Oh yeah, we should briefly mention. We mentioned this earlier, but yeah, Sony's shutting down PlayStation View. Uh, you may have heard me pitch this on this very podcast uh, a year and a half ago when it was my go-to uh, solution for live television on uh, the internet. However, I bailed because they upped the price too high, and apparently, they're bailing uh, because they have announced that they will be discontinuing the service in 2020. For, uh, like, I, like I said, they probably either priced themselves out mm-hmm. or just not enough people were signing up for it. All I know is good news for me because, one, I jumped shift to Hulu uh, Hulu Live TV, which means that maybe after Sony removes uh, PlayStation View from their, uh, from their consoles, um, maybe Hulu will then give me live TV on PlayStation 4. Yeah. That would be nice. Please do that, Hulu. Please do that. Thank you. Alright, that's it. That story. Uh, yeah, um, interesting. It is definitely a loss. I wonder if they're mainly doing it to free up servers Maybe. for an extended expansion of PlayStation Now mm. going into the PS5 uh, era and doing their own. Just switching those PS View servers over to a Game Pass of sorts for just mm. new PS5 Content. It's an interesting theory. It's also interesting considering that Sony has not said anything about a streaming service of their own. Right. Which makes me wonder if this is maybe part of some sort of large brand thing that they're going to tie into PS5, which would involve a Sony-branded streaming service that's not Crackle. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. Is that Crackle 2. Their streaming the service of... Their streaming Gaikai service of PlayStation right. Now... That's for video games. I'm talking stuff. about... Television. Oh. And movies. Oh, you want that? Too, I think so. that maybe can't them canceling View is them being like, no, we need to compete. This is not the right uh, sector to compete in. Mm-hmm. We need to be competing with Disney Plus, oh. not these guys. So you're saying that's just going to be rebranded as a Sony specific? I think that that's what this is. Ah, uh, so that's the crackle. That's the crackle. Crackle 2 coming in 2020. Uh, that's my call. Snap, crackle, and poppin'. Yeah, whatever they decided to call it. Sony. It would be interesting if they pulled a Warner and branded it with something that's really popular, say PlayStation, and called it like PlayStation Plus. T- oh wait, no. I was gonna say PlayStation <laughs> TV, but that's also already a thing. Yes, it is. Uh, PlayStation. Dang, they really run, ran out of things to call PlayStation brands, didn't they? Uh, well, no, they didn't run out of stuff. People <laughs> are just taking our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they take the PlayStation stuff. We'll see. I don't know. Anyway. All right, uh, that brings us to our thoughts. We have some thoughts this week. Uh, I have some thoughts. You have some thoughts. Okay, so I have quick thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Real quick thoughts. So, this past uh, weekend, uh, Borderlands 3 released a brief, not DLC, but event. A Halloween zombie event. Holiday-themed thing. Holiday-themed zombie event. I thought this thing was going to be like a free DLC thing. No. So you could play it for the weekend. No. No, it was like a timed 48-hour thing, which I didn't realize because I played it 
got to the new arena, I stopped thinking, okay, I'll save it here and I'll pick it up. I come back Sunday <laughs> to pick it up and it is gone. <laughs> I was like, it's only been two days. I go away for a weekend and all of a sudden it's uh, gone? What the hell? But, yeah, um, yeah, it's weird that Ali trying to shoehorn this thing into it is really weird because you killed the same enemies, only this time they spawned ghosts. <laughs> and you kill those ghosts in order yeah. to access the secret arena. Not great. No. Uh, but, yeah, I, like I said, if I would have been able to go out gone back, it was just a permanent thing. Like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, I had a revelation this week about Borderlands. I was thinking about it briefly. Yeah. And I was like, man, am I glad I didn't pony up for the thing with the four DLC packs. Yeah. Because I have zero desire at this point to go ah. back to that game. I am so glad I didn't blow $100. Because if I had, I would have been kicking myself. Because I'm like, why would I want more of this? It's already too much. <laughs> I know. I only paid the... 60 bucks yeah. for it. So. I think we made the right call. I think we made the right call there. Yeah. Also, I think I know what I'm spending your uh, birthday money on. Mm. Or, but it might not be something you're uh, mm. going to want to hear. Yeah, we'll see. It's it's not more it's borderline. Not till, it's not until March, so we'll see. It's, it's not. No, it's not. No, I'm saying the other other way around. Uh, I think I'm going to get Death Oh, Stranding. you can use my money. For yeah, I think I'm going to get Death Stranding. Oh, God, are you? <laughs> Probably. I mean, somebody's got to talk about it. Somebody's I ain't playing that it. game. I might watch somebody play that game. I might play that game. <laughs> I know it will be long, and I think I have time for it, but... See, I was just going to say to use that on Pokemon. See, that's the other thing. I might just do that just as well. Use it on Pokemon. It's probably a better investment. It's probably a better investment. Anyway, just watch... Like I said, that's what I'm going to do. Just watch somebody just play watch Death, Death Stranding. Stranding. So I don't have to play Death Stranding. And have someone else explain it to you. Yeah, somebody else explain to me what the hell it is. Right. Uh, we'll see on Friday. Actually, I'm 50-50 on it because I like everything that I've seen from it, especially more recently. But I also know that I have never finished a Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah. So I don't even know if uh, I even want to start going down that road. Oh, that's a whole rabbit hole. Oh, yeah, I know. Speaking of games, though, that we have played... Yes. Let's talk about... All right, so speaking of Borderlands and all the worlds we go uh, to there, uh, what if we broke those borders? Yeah, what if we lands? went to some outer worlds, say? Yes, uh, outer lands. No. Oh, it's outer worlds? Yeah, outer worlds. Okay. The so, outer worlds. So, uh, Obsidian. Yeah. Um, formerly uh, Fallout New Vegas and the yeah. South Park games. Yeah, among other things. Among other things. Put out a game. So, this is their uh, first like game kind of as uh, under the Microsoft umbrella, even though it is being released for multi-platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, The Outer Worlds is, as you've probably heard it is, a game that is very, very similar in format to Fallout New Vegas or Fallout 3 or Fallout 4. Um, a quick look at it, it looks like one of those. It looks like a Bethesda RPG. It's first person. It's the same kind of inventory system, this same kind of combat, the same kind of options presented to you dialogue-wise and conversations. It seems like it's doing that, except there's a little bit of twist to it. It actually has a lot in common with uh, BioWare's Mass Effect series as well. Okay. It has a similar kind of setup with uh, you having a main ship as your hub. Uh, instead of being one giant map, like in the Fallout games, it's smaller, 
like compartmentalized maps like Mass Effect. Um, with the hub also comes with a team, a crew of people on your ship, just like a Mass Effect game that you can then choose to come with you to uh, other other areas. So it's almost like somebody took New Vegas and Mass Effect 2 and smashed them together in a blender. Okay. Which, to a lot of people, sounds awesome. And you know what? It is. It is. This is a really good game. So, so if you like the Fallout games... Yes. Uh, Fallout you should 3. Be, yeah, 3 onward, you should be playing this game. Especially if you're someone who's been burned by 76 because it wasn't what you wanted. Mm-hmm. This is what you wanted. Now, what if someone who was burned by Mass Effect Andromeda? <laughs> there's no, there's no uh, aloe for that burn. I cannot <laughs> help you. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty solid game. Um, I'm not super far into it, but I like what I've seen so far. I'm still in the first area. I've done a handful of side quests, and I've done a couple of the main quests. Uh, but yeah, everybody is really interesting. The game's got a really good sense of humor to it. It's this dry kind of sense of humor where everybody's like, like playing it straight, but it's like also very like ridiculous, the scenarios. You're basically... Uh, the. Uh, constantly in these cities that are run by companies okay. like the comp- the city i'm in right now edgewater is is owned by the company spacer's choice so literally everybody is company men so like everybody's like either saying the company slogan or talking about how like great their products are or talking about how the city can't afford to literally lose anybody like by suicide if somebody die- like kills themselves it is seen as loss of company property <laughs> that is how ridiculous like capitalism has gotten in this in this world, the outer worlds. And so the game uses that as kind of like a starting point for a lot of the commentary it's trying to make. So unlike, you know, some of the companies out there that are saying, oh, we're not political, Outer Worlds is explicitly political in a lot of ways. But it's not black and white. There's a lot of gray areas in the decisions you make. A lot of people online right now are talking about an early decision that you have to make in the game, which is not really a spoiler because it's like literally the first quest like decision you make. Uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, it's been a topic of conversation lately because of how complicated it can be. Basically, you're given a choice to help these deserters that have basically left Edgewater to make their own colony because they refuse to play the rule with uh, with the rules of the company Spacer's Choice. You basically have to decide whether you're going to turn off and divert their power from their encampment to go back to Edgewater to help the people in the main city. You have to decide whether you're going to go over and basically convince the the deserters, hey, we have to do this, or you can come to the city and come back and everybody can live, or whether you side with the deserters and be like, nah, man, we're not settling for nothing. It's an interesting, complicated choice. And that's the first choice. That's the first choice you make. Huh. It's even made even more complicated because you have a party member with you that has lived in Edgewater all her life, is extremely kind and understanding to you, and like just seems like a genuine great person. And she has concerns, very legitimate concerns, about siding with the deserters and leaving the people of Edgewater to to like not have the power. Hmm. It's a real complicated thing. And it's kind of started this conversation on on, on uh, like Twitter, like about like 
what it means when it, what it means about you when like whatever decision you make in a game that's ostensibly political does that reflect your real political views what would you do in real life what if this was a real life scenario and it's been a fascinating conversation to watch because it really brings into like to like to to contrast like the choices in games that don't really matter and the choices that actually have like real world like like parallels and so it's been interesting to read and if the game continues down that pathway which for people that have finished it seems like it does it'll be a really interesting game plot wise to follow as for the actual act of playing the game it plays like a fallout game so you're talking to people you're like putting points into skills like stealth skills combat skills uh long range gun skills uh, lying skills, persuasion skills. So the game constantly gives you the option to like get yourself out of conversations or to fight yourself out of conversations depending on the character you want to play. I'm playing my character right now as a a kind of a Robin Hood-esque kind of lady where she's like really terrible to all the company people and like does not like budge when it comes to like like nah man I'm not siding with the giant corporations. But she's also very empathetic to little people and like want to help out whenever they can. So, for example, if there's somebody NPC in Edgewater that's saying, "Hey, don't help this dude in this in this room that just told you to get medicine for him. He's a liar. He's been pretending to to be sick because he wants to basically take advantage of this habit he has. You should give it to me because I'm going to give it to the people in the city who actually need it." Once you do that, though, which I did, I got the medicine, gave it to her. She then reveals that she's apparently, like, like on the H, like the HR team for the Spacer's Choice company. Mm-hmm. And so I was then had that moment. I was like, oh, did I just help the company? But I also just helped a bunch of sick people who probably needed this medicine. So every step of the way to, tries to like mess up, with, mess with your preconceptions about what making a decision in these games mean, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So yeah. So even the way you think you're playing your character, the game will sometimes throw a curveball at you. See, I like that in games, yeah. but I don't like having all that in my games. Like, as I <laughs> try to play File, I try to play Skyrim, yeah. and those dialogue treats and like the way it's all set up and walkthrough-wise is not a type of game that I enjoy when I play. It feels like a chore <laughs> doing all I can that. See that. But the way you're describing it, it sounds like something I would enjoy. But the tricky thing for you, and why I may be hesitant to recommend this to you, yeah. is because as a completionist, and I know you are, yes. this is the kind of game that will lock you out of choices. Uh, Once you do one thing, you cannot go back and see the other option. Right. I know. That's also something yeah. that I'm worried about doing, dealing with the upcoming Cyberpunk 2077. It'll have the same problem. Yes. Because, yeah, they're just, these, these games are designed for the playthrough, and then when you're done, maybe go back and try other options. It is not designed for the people who want to, like, go back and make sure that they got everything. So, yeah, it's... Uh, moment to moment, though, like, I do want to mention, I've kind of ha- had kind of a hard time with the combat. Uh, it's more of a shooter than Fallout ever was. It controls a little better in the shooting department. Okay. But still, it's not as pure a shooter as Borderlands is. So, it kind of hits this middle ground where... It feels okay, but it doesn't feel great. There's no, like, impact to the shooting. It doesn't feel very visceral. And so I didn't really like being in combat, so I try to avoid it now whenever possible. That being said, I'm playing on easy. 
so when the enemies are relatively easy to fight, I can pretty much take out a room of them without an issue. Right. Now, though, I know that there is also a hard mode and a yes. survival mode. Yes. If you're the crazy person who wants to worry about drinking water when your character is thirsty, eating, there's a mode for you. Yeah. About eating on time, running out of food, sleeping. The only safe point is in your pod. Right. In your ship. Yeah. Yes. I am not doing that because I'm not insane. Uh, but yeah, it's there if you want it. Um, but yeah, other than that, yeah, it's it's been it's been a good time. Um, I haven't played a whole lot of it though, so yeah, as I get kind of deeper into it, I'm definitely gonna play more. I mean, it's it's scratching all the right itches for me. I really loved Fallout Three in New Vegas, so I'm more mm-hmm. than excited to see where this goes. So I will report back the further I get into the outer world. The the further out you go into yes, the outer world. That's not the only game I played. Oh, you played a second game. I did a little bit of catch-up. So, uh, first I have a little bit, a brief um, Apple Arcade update. Okay. The newest game I tried on Apple Arcade is Grindstone. And Grindstone, if I can just briefly try to explain it, is a puzzle game where you're a giant barbarian chopping people, chopping monsters up with his giant sword. Okay. And basically it kind of works like one of those games where you have... um, a group of colors and you have to delete the other colors so that way you get bigger combos of colors. Oh, yes. It's like one of those except with a more specific, um, like, task. Okay. You are basically doing that where you're making a path basically through these colored monsters, keeping the one color and trying to cut as many as possible to create the biggest combo possible. Mm -hmm. But it throws in a bunch of wrenches uh, in that that, uh, um, concept by, like, adding other things on the map that are more complicated, such as enemies, that you have to have a certain uh, high enough number of combo in order to defeat. Or uh, pickups on the level, like jewels and uh, like wood to for crafting uh, that you have to get that complicate your patterns and make you want to stay uh, on the level longer than you should. Um, it's this like Back and forth. Oh, by the way, the Washington Nationals just won the World Series. I was going to say that at the very end, but Sorry, go ahead. I just wanted to mention that since it just happened. I know, but we always say that at the end, but go ahead. Yeah, no. uh, Washington World Nationals are the national champions. National champions. The Nationals champions. Yes, the World Series champions. <laughs> Some of those kicked angles. Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, so it's like it's a fun little uh, puzzle game. It's a little challenging. There's a big hump on the fourth chan- uh, puzzle that's basically like, you either figure this out or you can't play the rest of the game. Hmm. And it took me like 15 tries, but I did finally pass it. And now I'm like, I get it. Like, it's one of those games that immediately throws you into the fire. It's like, no, figure it out. But I love puzzle games. And so it's really fun. Uh, but man, it is hard to do that and also watch something at the same time, is what yeah. I found out. It requires a lot of focus for a puzzle game. So, yeah. That's on Apple Arcade. I believe it's also on other things um, mobile-wise. So uh, take a look up, a look at that if that sounds interesting to you. It's called Grindstone. Uh, also, I played catch-up on some Game Pass stuff this week. I played the first couple missions of Gears 5. Oh! Yeah, I went back to Gears 5. I had not tried it when it came out. I like the Gears War se- series, so I wanted to see if it still holds up. It's still Gears, I can report. It still um, feels like a Gears still game? It feels good. It feels like a good Gears game. So um, I'm liking what I've played so far. I don't know when I will have time to play more, though. Uh, or right, Outer Worlds is also taking up your time? Outer Worlds is taking up my time. Pokemon's going to take up my time next month. So yep. it's like questionable whether I will return to it. But yeah, I liked what I played. So yeah, it seems like a good Gears game. 
And then I also played um, a level of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is that Castlevania-like that came out. Uh, it's available on Game Pass, but it's also on other consoles this year. Yes. Um, I played some of that. It's it's pretty fun. Uh, if you like the Castlevania games, um, it's those. It's like one of those. Um, there's a lot of cool customization things you can do with like the shards you get, which are basically your magic powers. Uh, but man, I hit a wall with a boss, and that boss gave me a little trouble. So after like six deaths, I was just like, I put it down for the night, and I was like, you know what? I'll come to this back next when I have more patience. So that, that it's one of those. That sounds like a very beautiful, sturdy, strong wall. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if I come back to it, but. But yeah, I could see why a lot of people uh, enjoyed that game this year. It's probably going to show up a lot of people's Game of the Year lists just because it's just pure, like, uh, side-scrolling, like, Castlevania-style, like, game gameplay. So if that sounds appealing to you, and if you have Game Pass, give it an install. Try out Bloodstained. It seems like it's really well made. Bloodstained on Let's Game see. Pass. All right, that's it. And that will do it for us. That's all the games I've played. So we will be back next week. Let's do some plugs. All right, uh, first plug, plug. congratulations, Washington Nationals. Yes. uh, For your first World Series title. Yeah. uh, Well-deserved, considering the last time you made it this far was in 1911. Sad. Yep. Uh, And then you went to be the Expos for a while. Yeah, that's true. Thank you for tuning in to the Media Boat Podcast if you watch us live. If you didn't watch us live, well, guess what? You can because we're live on YouTube every week. If you go on to YouTube.com, search Media Boat Podcast, you will find our channel. Like and subscribe. Click that bell and you'll even get notifications when we go live. And it's usually around Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Next week, we will be back for a 200th episode. So, uh, we're doing one now? That. 200th episode. Oh. Uh, Can you believe that? I don't know if I'll be around for that. I, I may call it a sick day. If you'd rather not look at us, if you want to just listen to us, we have that option as well because we have a podcast. We're hosted on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts as, many, as well as many other options on your podcast downloading lifestyle. Uh, just search Media Boat Podcast and your podcaster of choice and you'll find us. Uh, you can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter, at MediaBoatCast is our handle. Find us there for updates. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Search Media Boat Podcast to find that. Leave a comment, please. It will help. Uh, you can email us at MediaBoatPodcast at gmail.com if you so wish. You can see us play video games on twitch.tv slash MediaBoat. That, will, that ranges from more Borderlands action to watching our, our favorite new basketball player, uh, Tig Biddies. Yep. As well as upcoming, I'm sure, more. So uh, just wait. We'll have more games coming oh, yeah. soon. I guess I could have talked about that a bit. Real briefly, I did play some Tig Biddies. I finished yeah. up the, uh, the NBA Combine, and I got to decide which team I wanted to be. Cool. So because I was this mythical... Six foot wingspan, 69 jersey wearing, maxed out stats 99 and literally height and wingspan and everything. I decided I was such a mythical creature, I would only go to mythical teams. Uh Those being of the Wizards. Oh, okay. Makes sense. The the Magic. Magic. Uh And the Celtics. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's really good. Uh, I picked the Wizards as my number one. You think he'd be assaulted by his hair. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. 
But I picked the <laughs> Wizards as my number one choice, and that's where I ended up. Also, even though I know I suck <laughs> at this game, it's literally, at, when I finally got to the end of the My Career Mode, every team was interested in me for some reason, even though I am clearly terrible. But, hey, as that's what, like, you want. Like, mm-hmm. you're trying to please everyone, even though you may suck. Yeah. But yeah, you'll eventually be access to every team. But yeah, take biddies on the Washington uh, Wizards. Fun. Fun. <laughs> Which means that even if I suck, yeah. at least we all suck together. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, uh, so again, the last plug I'll do is if you want to help make this show better, and I know you do, if you want to help us host this podcast, as it does cost money, fun fact, you can do that. By going on to patreon.com slash mediaboat, there you can donate to us. And don't worry, if you don't have a whole lot to spend these days, we understand. Which is why we offer even a low, 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 low tier of $1 a month for our patrons. So yes, that small amount, even that small amount, can be life-changing to us. So please consider being a patron over on patreon.com slash mediaboat. I got there. You got there. All right, that's it. We'll be back next week. I am done talking. All right. Goodbye. That means we're done here. So we'll be back next week with reviews or thoughts on ending, rounding up some TV and some more news segments. It'll be a shorter show next week, I promise. Bye. Bye.